Welcome to Girls Lead Podcast, where we lead the focus on female history. We're your hosts, and every other Thursday, we will have a new person and new stories to talk about. If you have a story you'd like to share and are interested in being featured, please direct message your Instagram account, at Girls Lead Podcast. This week, we will be discussing the history of the unfortunate rise in fast fashion, and later, Oziyama and I will conduct guided casual conversations with fellow slow fashion advocates, Kayla, and the founder of Lion's Den Creative, about how the idea of fast fashion has contributed to clothes being produced in an unethical sense, and how female influencers are supporting brands that exploit women. Keep in mind that this is completely educational, and there is no intended hate. So, what is fast fashion anyways, and why is it time to slow down? The best phrase in the world of sustainable fashion. Fast fashion is a method of focusing on rapidly producing high volumes of clothing. These companies tend to utilize trend replication and low-quality materials in order to bring inexpensive styles to the public. These cheaply made, trendy pieces have resulted in an industry wide movement towards overwhelming amounts of consumption. Unfortunately, this results in harmful impacts on the environment, workers, and ultimately consumer wallets. The fashion industry, up until the mid-20th century, ran out four seasons a year, fall, winter, spring, and summer. Designers would work many months ahead to plan for each season and predict the styles they believe customers would want. This method, although more methodical than fashion today, took away agency from the wearers. Before fashion became accessible to the masses, it was prescribed to high society, and there were rules to be followed. However, it wasn't until a few decades later when fast fashion reached a point of no return. According to the Sunday Style Times, quote-unquote, it particularly came to the fore during the vogue for boho chic in the mid-2000s, end of quote. Nowadays, fast fashion brands produce about 52 micro-seasons a year, or one new collection a week. According to the author Elizabeth Klein, this started when Zara shifted to bi-weekly deliveries of new merchandise back in the early aughts. Since then, it's been customary for stores to have a towering supply of stock at all times, so brands don't have to worry about running out of clothes. By replicating streetwear and fashion week trends as they appear in real time, these companies can create new desirable styles weekly, if not daily. The brands then have a massive amount of clothing and can ensure that customers never tire of inventory. While brands like H&M, Topshop, and Zara have been the brunt of overproduction complaints, even luxury brands measure growth by increasing production. According to Fast Company, quote-unquote, apparel companies make 53 million tons of clothes into the world annually. If the industry keeps up its exponential pace of growth, it's expected to reach 160 million tons by 2050, end of quote. All of the elements of fast fashion, trend replication, rapid production, low quality, competitive pricing, adds up to the detrimental impact on the planet and the people involved in garment production. Brands like Boohoo, for example, use toxic chemicals, dangerous dyes, and synthetic fabrics that seep into water supplies. And each year, 11 million tons of clothing is thrown out to the U.S. alone. These garments, full of lead, pesticides, and countless other chemicals, rarely break down. Instead, they sit in landfills, releasing toxins into the air. 
Fast fashion's carbon footprint gives industries like air travel and oil a run for their money. In addition to environmental impact, fast fashion affects the health of consumers and garment workers. Harmful chemicals such as benzothiols, which has been linked to several types of cancer and respiratory illnesses. These have been found in apparel and on the market today. As our skin is the largest organ of the body, wearing these poorly made clothes can be dangerous to our health. This danger only increases in factories, towns, and homes where fast fashion is made. For example, conventional textile dyeing often releases, quote-unquote, heavy metals and other toxins that can adversely impact the health of animals in addition to nearby residents, end of quote, and to local water systems, according to the Environmental Health Journal. The health of the garment workers is also in jeopardy through exposure to these chemicals. And that doesn't even take into account the long hours, unfair wages, lack of resources, and even physical abuse. Many of us are familiar with the news about Nike sweatshops, but they're just one of many fast fashion brands violating human rights for the sake of fashion. The people who made our clothes are underpaid, underfed, and pushed to the limits because of few other options. Although the fashion industry as a whole is guilty of committing many crimes against people and the environment, it is most evident when it comes to fast fashion. Society's obsession with consumerism may make it quite hard to quit, but better options are out there. Slow fashion offers an alternative with mindful manufacturing, fair laboring rights, natural materials, and lasting garments. It's encouraging to know that there are brands, communities, and individuals out there fighting for the planet and the safety of garment workers. And by buying garments for responsible brands as well as secondhand shops, we can ensure agency and that we're advocating for the environment and others. That's just something you have to remember and keep in mind and have this opinion or form an opinion on the concept of the unfortunate rise in fast fashion. And that is where we are at today. It's not happy ever after, and it's never like that with different opinions that often cause conflict. That's a wrap for the history portion. Now let's turn to the guided casual combo segment. This week's casual combo will be taken over by me, Oziyama, because Lillian is not able to do so right now. However, she did write the questions for us. Today on Casual Combos, we are interviewing Kayla Washington. Do you want to introduce yourself? I'm mostly known on social media as Special K or Sustainable K. I have two platforms, but Sustainable K is usually the platform that I'm going to be kind of through the discussions for today. I'd mostly on that platform discuss ethical fashion, sustainability, things of that nature, anything that can help with our current environmental issues that we're having currently. Many women today identify as feminists and like to show their support by wearing feminism merch or like girl power merch. However, much of those clothing, the way they're produced in unethical conditions, and they usually exploit women in the workforce. So what is your opinion of feminism merch being produced in conditions that hurt women? Hard to say that you are a feminist without understanding how your purchase power and things that are going on behind the scenes when it comes to like fast fashion and things like that. I mean, most of the clothes produced today are produced in completely horrendous conditions where 80% of that workforce are women and sometimes children. And you can't see yourself as being feminist without understanding about the power of your purchase and things that are going on behind the scenes. For every purchase that you make, you have to understand that there is a person behind it 
And if you're not respecting that person or trying to understand what goes behind making those clothing, you can't, you can't really call yourself a feminist. Um, now, I do think most of it is ignorance, but it, it, you know, feminism and not purchasing ethically kind of go hand in hand, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that when you kind of pick a label like feminism or, or like a feminist to describe yourself, there is like a lot of ignorance that it's still like had with it. Sometimes there's no self-awareness. Like you're, yeah, you're like, I know the basic definition of a feminist. Like I support women, of course, but then like the things behind the scenes, it's kind of like, okay, well, like you support women, but like, how does this impact you as a feminist? How does this impact the women that you're saying you advocate for? So I totally understand that. In the previous question, I said that much of the world's unethical clothing is made by women and girls, including the U.S. How do you think we as feminists and, you know, people that advocate for sustainable fashion, how do you think we can address this problem? I think it's definitely that question is a layered question because there are so many reasons why we as individuals purchase fast fashion. Sometimes it's because we have nothing else that we can afford. Um, sometimes it's, you know, it's the only option in your area. You know, I feel like I live in a very small city and the options aren't really that great. And if I'm not buying online or things like that, I'm trying to buy in my local area. And most of the things that are in my local area are fast fashion. So for those individuals, I think it's more of how much are we consuming, not what we are consuming, because you can't really help your like economic situation. I mean, you can, but you can't. Some people are in situations that they cannot get out of. So for those individuals, I think it's best that you understand what's behind the clothing and then try to either limit the amount of clothing that you get or buy secondhand, which is always a great option. Um, and then for those of us who can afford to go beyond fast fashion, to go beyond that, because ultimately that's the goal is to stop supporting those businesses um, so that we can address those issues. Because I feel like your coin ultimately is how we're going to stop or change these situations. Yes, I think like you have to understand everyone's situation. Everyone is in a different place financially. And if someone doesn't have enough money, the next choice for them would be fast fashion because it's cheap. Some influencers who self-identify as like feminists accept sponsorships from and support unethical clothing brands uh, when they can like afford not to. What is your opinion of this? Like, do you have any insight? we have to set a bit a higher standard for ourselves. First of all, you have to educate yourself on the brands that you're working with. And if you know that they don't have a, a higher standard, I mean, ask these companies, you know, if somebody wants to collaborate with you and you, you ask them for their supply chain, I think that's the best way for these influencers to truly understand the brands that they are promoting is to ask about the supply chain, ask about their working conditions, ask about their sustainability plans. And if those companies aren't able to give you that sort of information, then you have to be willing to move on. You working for them is, is highlighting yourself. If you are supporting unethical and fast fashion brands, then that means you support it. And then that's just, that's just it, honestly.
This is the last question. As we reach the end of our casual combos, I would like to ask, what tips do you have for being an ethical clothing consumer? And how do you think people can kind of ease their way into sustainable fashion? Um, so personally, um, I have been on a journey and it actually ends in November of not purchasing any clothing and using what I have. Um, I know that may not be for everybody because, you know, things rip or break or things like that, and you may need to replace it. But I wholeheartedly try to attempt and just use the clothing that I have um, because I just think society tells us that, you know, as new seasons come along and new fashionable items or fads pop up, that you need something new to wear. And I think ultimately it's a mindset that every fashion trend, you don't have to be on top of every fashion trend. It's okay to just wear what you have use what you have. Um, so personally, that's what I've been working on this past year. But also, if you want to buy things, I think just like the influencer question, you just have to look into these companies. Um, maybe you're not buying as frequently, so you're able to purchase more higher priced items that are more ethically made. You know, when you finally wear out that t-shirt that you have in your closet and have been wearing for years, you know, because you haven't been continuously buying you know, new clothing every season, you should be able to, or hopefully can afford a newer item. And then there's always secondhand. I mean, I know that sometimes that can be difficult because, you know, you have to sift through all the, the clothing to find your style. But ultimately, I think that those two options are the way to go. Thank you so much for taking your time to answer these questions. Do you have anything else you would like to say outside of the questions? Ultimately, I just appreciate this opportunity to come and talk to you guys. And I just want everybody to know that in talking about fast fashion and, you know, more ethical and sustainable items, that nobody is being targeted. These answers to my questions is not to make anybody feel bad or feel targeted. I know everybody is in their own personal journey towards being more sustainable or to be more conscious and that you shouldn't feel bad for making fast fashion purchases, even if that's your only option. Um, you shouldn't feel bad about drinking out of a plastic straw or anything like that. We're all imperfect individuals. And ultimately, it's the company's job and their responsibility to make things better. It's not for us to do. Awesome. Thank you so much for that insight. I'm here with Vanessa, who is the founder of Lion's Den Creative, a slow fashion passion project initiative in which they combine sustainability and hand-painted art and clothing. Vanessa is an exceptional inspiration to me and no doubt to those who keep up with her hand washing tips and thrifting hauls. She's been interviewed by VogueMia.com, Herb Campus, Alligator.org, and I'm sure so many more great, amazing sites. You may know me as just the founder and host of Girls Led Podcast, but outside, I'm an advocate for climate change. I am a youth lead in a Green New Day for Public Housing, a volunteer for a youth-driven environmental protection organization that provides alternative solutions to single-use plastic, as well as planting fruit trees in the academic environment to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, and as well as a youth ambassador for a sustainability project. So just to get a sense of your values and who you are, can you tell me a bit about how you started your artistic sustainability fashion initiative or how you even started your own website? Specifically, what was the process and were there any issues that deterred you and have you ever lost motivation? 
Yeah, so my name is Vanessa. I'm originally from Florida, Kissimmee, Florida, but um, I reside in DC right now. And how did this started? Where do I start? So since very young, I was always pretty hands-on, creative, crafty, whatever you'd like to call it. And then in 2018, that's when I actually started experimenting with paint uh, or with painting. And then I also, when I started college, because I loved shopping, but I was always on a budget, um, I started venturing into like the thrifting world and stuff things. And I got super passionate about thrifting. And after doing just a lot of projects um, and papers on just the implications of fast fashion, um, I really took this almost like a lifestyle more seriously um, and have been a huge advocate for more sustainable shopping habits. I don't want to say only thrifting because a lot of times that's not the most practical, but even just being more mindful of how we shop, um, yeah, can definitely make a huge impact in our everyday lives. Um, and so with that, when I was painting, I had came across I had also collected a lot of like, I don't know, I love thrifting denim. Um, and then I came across this YouTube video of this girl, she was painting, she was painting on jeans. I was like, hmm, let me try that out because I already had like a huge collection. So I was like, right, we want to pair jeans, it's not that big of a deal. And I was like, I'm not that bad. So I was just doing it for fun. It was like purely for fun. I post on Instagram and people were like, wow, this is so good. Like, are you selling them? And I never really thought anything of it. It was just something I enjoyed doing. Um, but after collecting stuff, I was like, I mean, why not um, make them available for those who are actually interested in my work? And so then I started Lions Den Creative on a whim. Um, I just woke up and was like, let me start this Instagram. And I didn't think anything of it um, because like it was genuinely just driven by my love for creating and um, gave me a reason to continue thrifting. So yeah, from there, it kind of like did its own thing and blossomed into what it is now, which I would have never, I never expected when I first started it. Um, so I'm super grateful with it. With that, I think a lot of times when um, turning your passion or creativity into a business, that could be iffy because you don't also want to fall into that mentality that you like capitalizing off of everything. Um, and with that, like in the very beginning, I didn't have a sense of balance. So I started creating more so for, to meet a certain quota to make sure I had enough to sell and that completely burned me out. Um, and so now when I'm creating, it's because like I want to do it um, and I don't prioritize quantity over quality. Um, I paint what I feel like and I do it when I feel like and sometimes it may be a little slow, but that's what keeps this more sustainable for me, like something that I can continue to do. Otherwise, I'm just gonna burn out and fall out, you know? Um, and so that was probably like the biggest thing, but I definitely kind of just had like a reality check with myself and was like, okay, Vanessa, what's your priority and how can you continue to do this um, without burning yourself out and without compromising, you know, what started this all, which was just like your love for creating and just having that as painting denim as a creative outlet um, and something therapeutic for me too. It started becoming very stressful. So um, I'm thankful for that though, because now, 
I know how I have a better way of like managing my time and um, really being intentional with the work that I do. I really liked what you said about being mindful about what you shot. Because I feel like that's mm-hmm. a big concept of fast fashion. From a lot of them don't really know what they're buying from, and they just exactly, and they just get those clothes because it's well trendy in a sense. So I think that's very important what you said. Yeah. Really, it's trendy, and then the trend dies, and then those clothes people just get rid of it. So it's just like, come on. <laughs> Second question is. As an advocate for climate change and a self-proclaimed artist for some time now, I really love how you combine your two interests of sustainable fashion and art into one. Could you talk about possibly why you chose the two topics or why you founded your Lion Stan Creative in the first place? Yeah, so like I said before, I really wanted to merge both just like my passion for, for love for creating um, mixed with like my love for thrifting, specifically denim. Um, and so I figured why not merge the two and just run with it. So yeah, I, I, this is, I'd say a reflection of just the things that I, I enjoy doing, I'm interested in. Um, and that's what kept it, like, that's what makes it fun. I genuinely love thrifting. And so it gives me a reason to thrift for others, um, while also like, you know, integrating, putting my little spice on it too with my painting and whatnot. So yeah, does that answer your question? Yeah, totally. Okay. <laughs> so cool what you're doing. I mean, I've always thank been you interested in like sustainable fashion as well as art. Art has been like a huge mm-hmm. part of my life. So see your work is truly inspiring to me. And I appreciate it. Of course. And might be something I would love probably want to do in the future. I'll credit you of course. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah try it out so um are you familiar with girl power merch it's like super popular among like etsy and like apparel stores i'm sure i've heard of it i've heard of it but i'm not 100 percent familiar it's just like clothing and they get like it's like graphic tees but i've noticed mm-hmm. like, some clothing from those various brands is produced in like unethical conditions and which leads me to ask you the question like what is your opinion of merch that's being produced in these conditions as well as what is your opinion of the businesses that produce these I think because there was a similar brand that I wanted to support because it stood for something that I believe in and then realizing that you know it's ten dollars because it was like from a sweatshop I was like kind of counterintuitive um I think that itself it's just kind of like the idea of you you know making a stance for something something empowering which is beautiful but then like supporting in a sense the implications of fast fashion the sweatshop the we know the living conditions and whatnot or working conditions um it just kind of like contradicts itself in a sense and honestly like when it comes to climate change and all of that, it falls mainly on businesses. Like, yes, us as people can do as much as we can, but at the end of the day, it's these big corporations that are contributing the most to our global crisis with yeah, climate change and whatnot and just inhumane conditions. Um, and so with that, you know, I don't wanna knock a business, but, um, it is something that I am personally apprehensive of supporting, or at least am very 
conscious of when I am shopping. And I'm not to say that I'm perfect and like I don't ever buy a t-shirt from, you know, an organization that possibly does, you know, use sweatshops or whatnot. But it is something that I think as a corporation, um, more effort can be made to be more conscious of where you're producing and manufacturing your goods and items, especially when you're standing for something, you know, when you're trying to convey a message through your clothing. And especially, and it um, highlights so what you said at the beginning that a lot of people don't really know what they're buying because they don't know these products are fast fashion. They don't know how these products are made. So I think, yeah. In the previous question, I said that much of the world's unethical clothing is made by women and girls, including the U.S. How do you think we can address this problem? Not to say that there's no hope, (laughs) but capitalism has a stronghold on society, for sure. And um, as much as I can say raising awareness, I feel like a lot of awareness has been raised on these issues. At the end of the day, businesses are going to do what businesses do to make money. Um, but with that, I will say I have seen and noticed some businesses actually respond um, in a more productive way, which does show that there is hope and there is there is impacts in us, like, you know, using our voices and like being conscious of who we give our money to. And so I guess for us as individuals, just like I said, being conscious of who we give our money to, um, or even at that, like a lot of times shopping at more sustainable stores can definitely be more pricey. So just being conscious of our shopping habits, period, whether you want to shop or you can only shop at, afford to shop at, let's say like Forever 21, you know, knowing, okay, do I actually need this piece? Like, you know, really thinking out your purchase before you just buy because it's a trend and then like it sits in your closet and then you donate it and it's just like, or throw it away. Um, But I think, yeah, putting our money where we want to see change um, is something as, you know, at the micro level that we can do um, because, you know, some some businesses have responded positively to that, so. Do you have any, like, do you recommend any um, sustainable fashion businesses? Because I know you said you're not all, like, guilty to shopping at thrift stores, so do you have any recommendations? Yeah, I know thrifting is not, it's definitely not for everyone. Um, For me, I also... I love Depop and eBay. I think people sleep on eBay, but eBay is amazing. You literally search up whatever you want as specific as you want. And, you know, nine out of 10 chance, like there's a 99% chance that it's going to, something you like is going to show up. So um, I definitely use Depop and eBay a lot. Um, Specific brands, I, I genuinely don't know because I don't really shop outside of like thrifting Depop and eBay. Um for the most part, but also just like your local local vintage stores, local consignment stores. So like, well, in DC pre-pandemic, um, there was a Buffalo exchange here and a Crossroads trading. I love those. I just shut them down. So, um, but yeah, just checking out your local consignment stores um, where they curate the pieces. So it's not all just like, it's not like a thrift store, which can be super overwhelming. They peek through it a little bit um yeah I think every time I move to a specific location I always google search like consignment stores secondhand stores and even in your own community you can find 
secondhand shopping. So as we reach the end of our casual convo, I would like to ask, what are some of your tips for being an ethical clothing consumer as well as saying no to plastic? Mm-hmm. Biggest tip, like I said, um, this is not only to be more conscious for the earth's sake, but being more conscious for your pocket's sake. Really, like when I look at a piece, if I'm going shopping, I think about how many times I can wear it, how many ways I can wear it, and if it's something that's like timeless, something that I know I will use for a while. Um, and that definitely serves as a filter and is a conscious, mindful way of shopping. So doing that, like, you know, when you're going online shopping, just asking yourself, okay, is this just a trendy piece? Um, or is this something that I can use like a, what's it called? Like a basic white tee. Like, you know, you can spend a little more on a basic white tee because you can wear that so many different ways. So I'd say, yeah, just being mindful, asking yourself those questions before you just make an impulse to buy. And then next thing you know, that piece is just sitting in your closet. I've definitely made that mistake a lot of times and just wasted my money on doing that. Um, And also plastic. Oh, that's a big one. So in terms of plastic, um, again, a lot of the the problem with plastic falls on the hands of larger corporations and that's something that I've definitely had to remind myself to because I hear a lot of people saying oh like don't use plastic bags and that which is I'm all for it I barely use plastic bags I always have my like reusable grocery bags um but pressure needs to be applied on these larger corporations the same amount of pressure that's applied to us as individuals if not more but if we're just speaking for ourselves yeah just like simple things just recognizing that the little things do matter um like i said i don't whenever i'm shopping using reusable bags or not using a bag at all um also being conscious is something new that i learned being conscious of the material the fabric that we do buy. So acrylic is actually made of plastic. There's like plastic content. So being conscious of that too. And if we we look at Forever 21, for example, a lot of the time the clothes is like 50% cotton and 50% polyester. So that in itself is literally plastic too. So um, I think the most we can do is just being conscious of our shopping habits and not buying impulsively. Yeah, that's like my biggest tip, I would say. I personally think that's a powerful take. I feel like as though a lot of with the rise of like social media during the pandemic, there's a lot of people refusing to wear the same outfits on their social media posts. They wear this outfit on their social media posts and apparently they can't, they don't want to reuse it. So they end up giving it away or something, for example. Mm -hmm. What you said really was very powerful to me because that's something I can relate to or what I know people can relate to that it's okay to use the same outfit on your social media. It's all right. I guess people are going to judge you or whatever, but it's literally okay. (laughs) No, that's honestly realistic. Like who, I mean... At least for me, I'm going to, if I like to wear it more than once or, you know, switch some pieces around, but I'm going to use the piece more than once. You can find Vanessa on her Instagram, whose handle is at Lions Then Creative, and shop at their website at www.lionscreative.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have an interesting story and would want to share, please private message us at Girls Lead Podcast. Special thanks to Kayla and Vanessa, as well as our social media director. Make sure to follow us on Instagram to view updates and potential episodes. See you the Thursday after next Thursday. 
We encourage all listeners to do independent research on the events mentioned.